Cashback is not available on gas in New Jersey and Wisconsin. Hey, good morning. You're heading the airport, right? Yeah, thanks for checking. I like the car. How long have you been a rideshare driver? About three years now. I really enjoy it. Isn't it hard to make money these days with the price of gas being so high? Not for me. I use Upside, the free app that gives you cash back for every gallon of gas you buy. Wait a minute. Are you saying you actually get real money back when you get gas with the Upside app? Yep, I get real cash back every time I get gas. Does that actually add up to anything? I'll make around $200 to $300. Wow, that's serious extra cash. I'm downloading the Upside app now. Download the free Upside app now to earn real cash back every time you buy gas. Use promo code CAR for an extra $0.25 cents a gallon bonus on your first tank. You can cash out anytime right to your bank account, PayPal, or a gift card for Amazon and other brands. Just download the free Upside app and use promo code CAR for a $0.25 cents a gallon bonus on your first tank. That's code CAR. What is up, tribe? Welcome back to the Mind Body Musings podcast. This is your host, Madeline Victoria Moon. And I am so excited to present to you a returning guest. Dr. Ezzy Spencer wants people to flourish. She is a published author and creator of Lunar Abundance. She's the host of an iTunes podcast and the author of the book Lunar Abundance, Cultivating Joy, Peace, and Purpose Using the Phases of the Moon. As he started out as a lawyer and academic researcher, she holds a PhD, though she has also developed a huge passion for tracking the cycles of the moon, even since she was a little child, which led her to explore this work today. As the creator of Lunar Abundance, a lunar-inspired holistic self-care practice, as he helps tens of thousands of women around the world cultivate self-worth, creativity, and confidence in a playful way. In episode 87 of the podcast, I had Ezzy on and we got really into the eight cycles of the moon. So today we talk more about flow rather than hustle. We talk about canceling plans. We talk about letting your heart's desires and the evolution of your soul be revealed to you rather than predetermining it through the head and thinking about it. We let it um, evolve through our hearts and our souls naturally. So we get into that today. But if you want to learn about those eight cycles of the moon, I encourage you to one, get her book, Lunar Abundance, but also go listen to episode 87 of the podcast with her. You should be able to see that right there on iTunes if you are listening in. And you can also just go head on over to my website. I will have the episode link in the show notes on this one. Today, I thought I would give a little update on my life because it's been a while since I have done a solo episode. A lot has happened. A lot has been experienced over here in my little town of Boulder, Colorado. Um, let's see. I've been in a space of um, introspection, I can say. I've been through. I've been going through a space of of learning, watching, growing, feeling, and experiencing in in my own realm. Which means not recording it, not speaking about it, not um, being super open and public with it. I'm going through a phase um, of my life, and um, it could be a season of my life where I am really being stretched and. I'm coming back home to a lot of my empathetic roots. I'm starting to feel a lot collectively 
feeling things that are going on in the world, um, personally feeling, feeling depths of my heart that I have not felt before. And what does this really look like, Madeline, right? A lot of times we use this language, but we want to know what it actually looks like, literally. Um, so for me, it's been, I've had a process of grieving, grieving experiences that never had space in my life, maybe heartbreaks, um, the pain, the pain that comes with opening up my heart so deeply and vulnerably to another person and having it um, not work out or having it feel exposed and the pain that comes alongside that while still having an open heart. And I've noticed that since I have allowed myself to have space to grieve and to feel and to cry and to really sit in those emotions, I've become such an emotional being. I cry maybe once a day. I feel things on a very large scale. Sometimes I'm crying and I really don't even know why. And it's just because I'm feeling really connected to the pain that's going on in our, in our space, in our world, in our country and in America and on a bigger level. Um, just really feeling a lot of feeling is going on in my life and it's it's unlocking things that are making me a better woman a better lover a better coach a better writer a better speaker I'm slowing down I've mentioned this a few times but I am in a program that is centered on creating sexual polarity essentially and learning how to be really in my feminine and I'm doing this as a as primarily as a woman I want to learn how to be more in my feminine and to feel more and to connect more deeply as a woman Um, feel and embody what it really means to show up in this world from a place of energy and flow and softness and also fierceness bravely and also learn how to teach this and to speak on this and to lead my clients through this on a deeper level. And before I can speak on these things on my show or hop on Instagram stories and and speak on these, I really want to marinate on it myself. So I'm really diving deeper into this experience and this process of learning more about my heart, listening more, sitting in the growth before rushing it to be a leader in it. And I feel that's a high state of integrity. And it's not my natural state. Normally when I'm learning something, I like to talk about it at the same time and I like to teach it and I like to speak on it and coach on it. But I'm going through a, a um, I think it's a, I would say it's a more integrity focused stage and season of my, my career where I really want to embody everything I'm learning before going out and speaking all about it. And so that's why there's been an absence of solo episodes. And I plan to have a a steady stream of interviews for a while as I'm marinating and as I'm growing and as I'm learning and reflecting and and, uh, become my own soundboard first before I jump into these solo episodes again. So if you want to hear from me specifically while I'm taking this mini break from solo episodes, come on over to Instagram stories. I hop on there daily still. Sometimes I am taking... I'm taking breaks, but I still find that to be a space where I do love to teach and it comes um, very natural and you can always ask questions over there and I can hop on and share my insight and my perspective over there. So that is always an invitation to you. Other things in my life, um, not too much to update you on. 
been traveling a lot. I have a lot of travel plans coming up. I, um, I just went camping. I don't know why I'm sharing that, but it was fun. So I thought, why not share it? Um, and that's, that's about it. Still doing the regular old acro thing, coaching thing, speaking thing. And life feels so good right now. So juicy, so full, so emotional. It is good to be alive. As always, if you want to get free, a free audiobook and 30 days free on Audible, go to audibletrial.com slash mindbodymusings to claim your free book. If you want to look into coaching, go to maddiemoon.com slash coaching. Read the testimonials over there. I've got six-month packages and I've got 12-month packages. And I recently decided that I would allow um, single sessions again, but for business clients only. So for anyone that is looking to build an online business and has questions about it, wants to quote, pick my brain, I do provide single sessions for that. Obviously you can't book a whole bunch of single sessions. You'll have to do a package. But if you want to have one session where you want to get out some of those initial questions on where do I start? What's a logo? How should I build my business? Ah, I don't know what copywriting is. What's my message? And if you want some insight and some help on that, I do provide that now. It's at the very bottom of the the coaching tab. So maddiemoon.com slash coaching. You can find it all there. So head on over there if you are interested and intrigued and you feel that it is the time to get started and you want to dive into a six-month package with me or a year of working together. I would love to see you there and have your application in my inbox. Okay, I think it's time to head on over to this fantastic show with Dr. Ezie Spencer. I'll see you over there. You are now entering the Mind Body Musings podcast. If you find yourself hungry for growth, eager for inspiration, and longing for self-improvement, welcome home. Hosted by motivational speaker and life coach Maddie Moon, you can be certain you will learn how to change your life in magical ways in each and every episode. Are you ready to stop caring what other people think? Is it time you break limiting beliefs and empower your whole being? Do you know how to use the one life you've been given to the absolute fullest? Join Maddie Moon and her inspirational guests every Wednesday for the life-altering discussions on freedom, vulnerability, abundance, and so much more. For more insight, grab your free gift on maddiemoon.com and uncover your own once-in-a-lifetime greatness within. If you have kind words to say, feel free to leave a review on the show in iTunes or send your favorite episode to a friend. We look forward to hearing your insights and growing together in unexpected ways. And now, without further ado, here's your host, Maddie Moon. Hello, Miss Ezie. How are you doing today? Hello, I'm really well. It's great to be here. <clears throat> oh, you can hear I'm a little bit husky because it's the morning in Australia. Okay, yeah, it's like <laughs> what, seven? These are the first words. Seven or eight? It's actually eight, which is a bit embarrassing, but I haven't really spoken much this morning yet. <laughs> That's not embarrassing at all. Like, honestly, I am so impressed with being able to do an interview at 8 a.m. I do not schedule anything earlier than 9.30, so I'm, I'm so grateful that you wanted to hop on even this early. Thank you. Yeah, of course. It's an interesting um, dance with the time differences all around the world because most of the people that I speak to are actually in the US or Europe or the UK. So um, it's an interesting thing, our world. Well, I, I feel super blessed to be able to connect with people all over the world, especially just wonderful, insightful, brilliant women like yourself. And bonus, I get to listen to your 
absolutely gorgeous voice for the next 45 minutes. So win-win. <laughs> Husky and all. <laughs> Husky and all. So, okay, I was checking. Um, I was checking before this interview the last time I spoke to you. And it was episode, for anyone that wants to hear the first time I had Ezzy on, it was episode 87. And we are here at episode 213 now. <laughs> So it's, wow, it's been a while. You've been busy. <laughs> I have been busy. I, I had no idea. Like I remember speaking with you. It doesn't feel that long ago, right? Like there's been a lot of interviews in between, but when I think about it, I'm like, yeah, I, I spoke to her not too long ago. That was years ago. Oh my God, it's crazy. Yeah. Mm, a lot's changed since then. So I want to hear about that. I would love to know what is new for you and um, alongside what's new, maybe share a little bit of what's old for anyone who has not heard of you and who has not listened to episode 87, but who probably will. Um, <laughs> go ahead and, and share a little bit more about what led you to discovering your passion for the moon cycles and for writing this book that you just released, Lunar Abundance. Yeah, for sure. So I started out as a lawyer. That was my training. And my first career was in the law, which a lot of people are so surprised to hear um, when they encounter me as talking about the moon cycles because they seem like they're poles apart. Um, but what really happened for me is that whilst I you know, liked that whole left brain, logical thinking world, um, I did get very much caught up in the, you know, the push and the hustle and the rat race, which I'm sure many of your listeners are familiar with, you know, going into that corporate world and burning out. And, uh, you know, I didn't get that far, but I did have that sense of, in terms of, you know, really um, hitting the decks, I guess, but I did have an inkling that that was going to happen for me because I had that sense that there was something really elemental missing from my life as I was, you know, getting up in the morning and drinking coffees to get going and then working long hours and coming home and usually partying pretty hard, you know, to, to wind down, um, you know, so medicating in both directions, really, you know, with coffee in the morning and alcohol at night and living from the neck up in so many ways, really repressing my natural um, you know emotional state my feelings my sense of my own real purpose in the world what was I really doing I was going through the motions because I was in you know a career which was fine um, but you know which was very socially acceptable and had a lot of the external trappings of success so I was really listening into that you know that inner voice thinking you know I'm not really fulfilled what's going on what is really missing in my life and so I started um I guess I'd always been a bit of a, a spiritual seeker as a child, you know, I was always really fascinated with the moon as a child, always really fascinated with magic and, and I lost that when I went to law school and I went into a more traditional profession and so I came back to that in my 20s as I was trying to, to work out, you know, what was this sense of this just not feeling quite right um, in my life and so I would journal at night and I would draw in my journal pictures of the moon, like where it was in the sky because I sort of came back to that moon gazing that so captured and fascinated me as a child. I don't know exactly why I started doing it. I don't know exactly when I started doing it, but I started to find that as I would really draw in my journal pictures of where the moon was in the sky throughout all of the phases, um, many of us are obviously familiar with the full moon. That's, um, you know, the most obvious of the phases, but I work with eight phases of the moon as it goes through its month-long cycle um, from new to full and back to dark moon again. 
and I would draw in my diary, you know, these pictures of the moon and I would write about how I was feeling. And for me, the moon then became a gateway back into a deeper connection with myself, into my own sort of emotional state, my own emotional needs, uh, which I think I'd cut off and repressed. Um, my own sense of who I really was and what I really wanted out of life, you know, personally and professionally. And I also found something very interesting, which is that there was a correlation between where the moon was in the sky and how I was feeling, what was going on for me. And because the moon cycle only goes for a month, it's a very short cycle, it's a trackable cycle, I found that those patterns, which I started to observe, repeated. And so it became quite predictable for me to know, for instance, that I was going to feel more exhausted super and outgoing at a full moon stage and more introverted and reflecting, reflective, for instance, at a new moon phase. And so I started to really work with the ebbs and flows of my own energy in that way and started to honour myself. It became a permission slip for me to sometimes go a little bit slower and to turn my gaze inwards rather than, you know, to be constantly going outwards and, and pushing and hustling all the time. And what I started to find then is that I got much more connected with what it was that I really wanted to be doing and so I moved into research I moved into an academic position I was looking at uh, women's well-being after they'd experienced trauma I did a PhD and I was lecturing at a university and and then I also found that you know, so not only did I start to do work which is more aligned with my own real purpose, I started to find that there was a, an ability for me to really listen in to how it was that I was feeling physically and energetically at any time and really respond to that. So when I was in periods of higher energy, then to do more work and when I was feeling quieter, then it would be okay to take my foot off the gas, you know, not being driven by that kind of scarcity. What, what's going to happen if I'm not sort of in constant motion all the time, getting more comfortable with my feelings and emotions that would emerge, getting more comfortable with rest and restoration. And then what I found is that, you know, I actually started working less but I started working a lot smarter. I started achieving a lot more, but I had more of a sense of calm and relaxation and peace in my life as well. So I was like, this is amazing. You know, this is just really counterintuitive to the kind of dominant narratives that I was receiving from society. But it was true for me in my experience. I was seeing the results in my life. And so, you know, for example, I did my PhD in record time in three years. And I was like, wow, I just, you know, I really wasn't working as hard as that at that as I'd worked in previous things in my in my past and but that sort of built up you know this big you know experience horrible you know experience um doing a PhD if you've done one or if anyone listening has done one um you know my experience is really joyful and flowing and easy with that even though I was looking at pretty um challenging uh, subject matter and so I was so passionate about this that I started to share it with people I just started to tell my friends in fact I would just tell anyone who was you know had the misfortune of being around me and I would just talk about it because it was it was just so cool to me when I was discovering about myself and about life and about these you know these laws of the universe that I didn't know existed and uh, then I started to hold workshops and then people started to ask me how they could pay me for sessions and then I started to hold paid workshops and then I eventually um, packaged up you know my knowledge after working one-on-one -on -one with people for some time into an online program and I had hundreds of people from around the world did that online program then it turned into a book and I've now traveled the world around you know the US and, and Europe and obviously around Australia as well just sharing um, what I've learned about aligning with the moon cycle to live in a way which is really more emotionally intelligent um, and aligned with 
our with our deepest you know purpose um, as well. So it it's really just flowed very organically and not structured or planned uh, or strategized from the outset at all. Mm, that's one of my favorite parts about this, and I find it so adorable to imagine you being a little girl just being fascinated by the moon. It's such <laughs> a it's such an innocent, tender interest like wow beauty in this world mother earth mother nature so you were obviously a very empathic person even as a child very into and very in touch and look what's come from from listening to that part of you you know so many people are neglecting this very spiritual connected empathic part of themselves but this entire business, all of these lessons, these programs, this beautiful book that I have sitting next to me, all of this was created out of you listening to that very tender, innocent part of you that was fascinated with our world and fascinated mm. with the moon. And I think that's so beautiful. And I'm so grateful that you listened to that part of yourself and created this beautiful business out of it, helping all these people. Mm, yeah, and it does feel tender. Um, thank you for saying that. because, and, and I feel that's actually a really important Point because I feel like that tenderness and sensitivity that comes for so many of us and we have got uh, that intuitive gift or we've got highly attuned empathic skills at a young age is that then, you know, there is a tendency to cut that off, to, to put that on ice because it's not always the way that the world seems to work and I think that so many people do um, do tend to, to do what I did which is really suppress it for a long time and I don't have any regrets about going to law school I actually think that's been you know that previous career of mine has actually been a huge benefit in my life because I can reach people I can be a bridge now to people who are working in a more traditional profession and say hey I've been there too I actually understand your unique sets of challenges um, and this isn't very airy fairy uh, stuff that I'm talking about like it's it's deep and it's rich and it's magical and it has very profound practical application in the modern world. So I don't regret having that legal experience at all, but it did take me a long time to come back to that tender part inside of me because I didn't really know how to, to access it. I didn't have the tools and the skills um, and the resources and, and until, you know, a fair bit later in life to be able to, to really tap into that that sensitivity and that intuition again in a way where I could make something um, creative and of benefit for others as a result of it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's not like we go to work and our bosses are like, hey, it's um, it's a full moon. Let's like take it a little bit easier today at work or hey, you're on your cycle. Okay, you can take it easier in your workload and we can post, but like our, our world in the workplace, I mean, for me and for you and for other people who have their own business, that's such a beautiful aspect of what we do. We get to choose our schedule and the times that we work and listen to um, our bodies. And if we're feeling more energetic, maybe we schedule more calls. And if we feel less, then we go inward and we give ourselves that space in that room. And uh, I feel so blessed to be able to do this. How I know we talked a bit about this in our, our last interview I have so many questions that I want to revisit because I'm, I want it to be fresh in my mind and everyone um, tuning into this. But one of the things that you had talked about before and, and you briefly touched on just now was that you schedule your, um, your projects and your daily events or um, 
uh, just your 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 everyday schedule based off of the faces of the moon, and that seems um, it almost so to me it almost seems like a practice. That's also a lot of work to then start <laughs> scheduling around the faces of the moon. So I'm wondering, has this always felt very intuitive to you to be able to do this this way, or do you go through stages where it's like? it's challenging for you to go according to the the phases of the moon and you just let go of that and you just schedule things all over the place and then come back to it later. Does that make sense? My question? Yeah, it's a great question. And there's so many things I want to say. So many ways I want to answer it. (laughs) (laughs) The first thing that I'll say is that the lunar abundance practice, which is what I called, you know, the moon cycle practice, which I created, is um, is very much designed to be a rule of thumb. So it's not intended to be like another rigid kind of framework that we mm-hmm. put on ourselves because I think we all have enough of mm-hmm. rules <laughs> and regulations mm-hmm. in our lives. So I've always looked at it, this as being in tune with the moon in the sense that it's all about the flow. And the way that the moon phases work for me in terms of the being and the doing phases which you mentioned before because um with the eight phases of the moon um that i work with i work with them in pairs so one would be a yin phase or a doing phase the next would be a yang oh sorry a yin phase or a being phase <laughs> the next would be a yang phase and or a doing phase so um so each of the moon phases lasts for three or four days apiece and so a yin phase would last for a few days and then there'd be a yang phase which lasts for a few days then a yin phase for a few days and a yang phase for a few days so what that actually does is it sets up a rhythm uh, a natural rhythm throughout the week and then throughout the month where sometimes you're on and leaning in and sometimes you're leaning back and giving yourself more permission just to go a little slower and so it's like the leaning in leaning back sort of the on the off the you know the the going faster and going slower that's the that's really the core takeaway from the practice is really embedding that rhythm in your life now I am like my personality tends to be pretty A-type. In fact, I'm a bit of a recovering overachiever. So (laughs) the issue for me and one of the reasons why this practice was so useful for me is that I would be in doing mode all the time. Mm -hmm. So throughout the entire week and throughout the entire month. And so that's just not sustainable. It's not sustainable from a perspective of physical health, emotional health, well-being. Um, it's also not really sustainable in terms of having a balanced life. If, for example, you want to include, uh, you know, relationships as a core part of your life. If you have dependents, um, you know, whether they be younger or older upon you, you know, if you're constantly sort of in this mode of going, 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 whether it be obsessed with, you know, work, career work, or whether it be, you know, really just showing up and being all the things to all the people in your life at any one time, you're going to burn out. Like that's just how it's going to work. Um, and that has, you know, I've been on the, the brink of that myself a number of times in my life. And I just see it happening, you know, for the people you know, surrounding me all the time. So the only way that the body knows how to get a break is to get sick. And so, you know, people will go for these periods of working really, really, really hard and then they'll collapse. Um, you know, whether that be like a really bad flu that lays them up, you know, for a couple of weeks or whether it be, you know, something, God forbid, more serious, Um, you know. So I guess 
then just giving a bit more background around, you know, the, the doing and the being phases, for me, then really embedding in my life these being phases where I wasn't going all the time gave me permission to not schedule and not do as much. So rather than sort of looking at my calendar in advance and being like super, super rigid and saying I'm only going to do things in the doing phases and, I, you know, those being phases are just going to be blank space where I'll just wander around and have unstructured creative time. Mm-hmm. Oh my goodness! I'm so sorry. My my headphone just fell out. Oh, that's okay. Um, <laughs> I was just, I was about the being phase. I just totally tapped out. Um, that was cute. <laughs> oh, <sorry. laughs> Where she going? Um, then the, the the being phases, the yin phases, would give me this permission to not schedule as much, mm-hmm. and also it gives me the predictability that if I'm going and going and going for a period of time, that I'm going to have to to structure in my calendar some downtime. And that can take place in terms of the moon cycle and that's the vehicle through which I teach the yin and the yang because that's the way that it came to me. That's how I learned and was able to really embed this principle of of, of leading in and then leaning back, of resting and restoring as much as I was doing, again, coming from the perspective of, of, of myself and my own experience being an, an A-type and needing to have that permission, needing to have that support. Um but also this is something which can play out in, in broader seasons of life as well. So, for example, you know, this earlier this year I had uh, my book came out in the U.S. So there was a lot of publicity around that. I went to the U.S. I toured the U.S. Um, there was a lot of, of, of action over a period of some months. So, you know, that was a pretty, you know, active or yang or doing season. So it was really important for me to then have another, you know, whole moon cycle after that whole friendship. Frenzy, um, to just really draw back and have more of a, a yin moon cycle and a yin month. So some years might be more active and some years might be more quiet. You know, some days might be more active and then other days may be more quiet. So it's not like it has to all be rigid by the moon phases but what the moon phases do is that they give us this opportunity because they are predictable we know when they're going to fall I've got a planner on my website which says when all the the yin and the yang phases are for the month ahead if you're interested they give you a framework where you can start to play with this in your life start to embed this in your life start to experience the benefits um, of what it can be like if for example you are like me in terms of disposition that you tend to be always in go mode um, mm-hmm. what might it actually be like to to give yourself permission to even like put the phone down like to stop scrolling just to you know do something quiet with yourself to have an early night to say no to that thing that you actually really don't want to do anyway but rather than say yes and then regret it and then flake out you know have that predictability in advance that you're going to be tired you know that you know that at the tail end of next week so just don't um don't load yourself up in a way which is going to you know eventually um burn yourself out like set yourself up for success and that's what the lunar abundance practice is designed to help you to do in an ongoing consistent practical way so this last piece this is I love that you just mentioned this because I have this written down. It's a question I thought you are the perfect person to ask this question to. And it's slightly hard for me to put in words. So I'm going to talk slowly as I think about how to phrase this. Um, There is a, there is a, uh, a desire with so many people, like we all love canceling plans, right? It feels so good to cancel plans. (laughs) 
Sometimes I want to make plans just so I can have the most delicious, beautiful feeling of canceling them because it's like an instant high. It feels so good. I was watching um, a comedian talk about this, John um, Mulaney or something, I think something like that. Um, and he was talking about just the absolute relief that comes from canceling plans. And it's so true. And so I'm maybe that's not every single person. Some people legitimately don't want plans canceled like children they don't like that but um as an adult I sure know that not doing things and having a evening open up is like oh I feel so good and um I my something I've been wondering and I've been curious about is knowing the difference between canceling a plan because you are authentically tired and it's in your best interest and it's serving your highest self and being inward is is what you need to just recharge, be alone, watch a movie, do what you do. And when are you canceling plans and canceling plans and canceling plans and canceling plans and you keep canceling plans because you think it's in your highest good, but you're actually just hiding or you're just being, um, I want to use the word lazy, like you're just being lazy, like you don't feel like driving somewhere and you just, it's easier to stay in or you just don't feel like dealing with people, even though once you get there, you actually have a great time. So navigating that has been something I've just been wondering about. And I've had people ask me this question, how do you know when you need to be a yes girl and when you need to be a no girl and differentiating between the two and how can the moon help us alongside this? Mm. Yeah, I think it's a really good question. Um, I guess my starting point with that is that it is, um, I feel it's an expression of personal power and integrity to to do what you say that you're going to do. Um, and so that doesn't mean that you can't cancel plans in my, you know, in my system, you know, absolutely. It's always about listening in to yourself and honoring yourself at all times. Um, and if your body is tired and to, to, to go out to that thing or whatever, you know, to keep pushing through to finish that project by that, you know, specified deadline or whatever it is for you is going to result in fatigue and burnout, then of course, like, you know, prioritize your health and well-being. Um, but I think if you're getting, if you're noticing that repeat pattern in your life, that there's this ongoing um, flakiness, really. Um, and right. I know that, you know, some uh, in some in some places, like geographically and also culturally, I have because I spend a lot of time now traveling the world and experiences in different in different places geographically. That um, that so, so it seems to me like some communities are a lot more fluid with plans. Like when you make a plan, that may or may not be the plan. Um, <laughs> you know, it may be that you need to confirm the plan um, before you know that that event actually goes on the calendar. For instance, because there is this, there seems to be a culture in some places of just cancelling all the time. I've observed, um, and. In other places, it's like, you know, my word is my word. Like if we're meeting at three o'clock for that thing, then I just expect I'll see you there because we had a conversation mm -hmm. about that. Um, so I actually think that differs um, in different places geographically, even different um, cities in the US. I've noticed that it seems to be different cultures around when is a plan a plan and when is it appropriate <laughs> to cancel one. Um, that's just my personal observation. Um, 
so I, you know, it obviously would need to be dependent on context. Um, but I think that, you, again, you know, come back to that starting position that there is a sense of personal power in following through and saying, in doing what you say that you were going to do. And I think that personal power also comes from self-awareness and self-knowledge. So sometimes I find that it's going to be very, very predictable that you're going to be too tired to go to that thing. Um, or indeed, you know, if you have an awareness around yourself, which is practice is designed to, um, to, to help you to cultivate an ongoing, um, ongoing sort of degrees and levels of self-awareness around yourself. Like how are you feeling in this particular moment? What are your energy levels like really? What is it that you actually want to do? Where is it that you're just feeling a little, um, you know, scared because you're up on the edge of your growth zone um, to, to, to that and there's a number of the journaling prompts and so forth in, in the book as well to help with that but it's this ongoing practice of tuning into your feelings and your emotions and developing that element of emotional intelligence which is self-awareness when you have that self-awareness then you're much less likely to sign up for things or you know say that you'll do things that a you don't really want to do b aren't really aligned with you know your um your purposes or your values um, or, you know, see overcommit to yourself um, because you're going to be unrealistic in terms of, of, of your natural, you know, ebbs and flows and very predictable ebbs and flows of your energy and rhythm based on maybe it's the time of your personal cycle, um, maybe it's going to be related to your workflow or, you know, other kind of obligations that you have at any one time. So I think that self-awareness um, and, you know, ability to just, you know, say what, is um, going to work for you or not um, at the outset. It wouldn't involve other people and to that ability just to be honest with yourself as well when you're setting up your schedule um, and planning your life in advance. And then when it becomes, which again, you know, this practice is very much designed to help you do that. But then when it comes to, you know, when the rubber hits the road and the moment where it's like, okay, I really am, you know, feeling tired or I'm really feeling a sense of resistance to, you know, come back to the example that you use, going to that thing tonight um, where there's all those people and that's actually, you know, having that self-awareness in that moment to go, okay, well, it's going to take me out of my comfort zone, you know, because I am slightly introverted. Um, but also I I know that there's going to be client opportunities at that, you know, at, at, at that thing. Um, and I do know that I need more clients. Therefore, I'm going to make that conscious conscious choice to move into the growth zone because, you know, that's a, that's a priority for me at this time is to um, is to is to you know, do some more you know client outreach or maybe it's around establishing you know friendships or maybe it's about bonding more deeply with family members you know whatever it actually is and to, you know to have that self awareness and to make that conscious choice and then also I think you know to check in with your own personal values at, at any one time as well like what is it that you really value um, and and where does this sit in in your in your in, in your value you know system um, mm-hmm. and you know I think that requires a lot of um, it actually requires a lot of thought. It, re- it requires a lot of um, honesty with yourself. Um, and it requires, I think, just constantly showing up and, and, and committing uh, to, to yourself and doing what's in actually in your highest interest as you've identified for yourself, not necessarily what's going to be comfortable um, in, the, in the moment all the time. Yeah. To add to what you're saying, I, I, I feel that, very often humans have a resistance to 
either evolution, like mentally, we get too heady about it. Oh no, I'm changing who I am. I need to cling on to everything I know. Oh no, this is super scary. I'm tired a lot. I can't change anything. I need to add things to my calendar to make sure I don't sit in the tiredness. Oh no, I'm sad. I need to fill my life with a whole bunch of happy stuff to make sure that I stay chipper all the time, right? Like we don't really feel we're not feeling enough we're not getting into our heart space enough and we're staying in our head and we're using logic to reason our way into staying a certain way so my my insight to add to what you're saying is I feel that when when people get the desire to cancel a lot stop planning things just stop planning things because you're moving through a phase where you're needing more of this inner, this yin energy to let go. And a lot of times we consistently set plans for ourselves because we have this fear of being forgotten by our friends, of being um, of losing some of our physical skills if we stop going to that CrossFit class, or we have the mm. fear of not getting enough clients because I have to go to this this certain meeting or get together every single week. And like we start to create these fears because we get used to something and we think that if we stop doing it, we'll lose something. And what it really is in, in my experiences, you know, I was being a little bit dramatic when I was saying like cancel, cancel, because I really don't. <laughs> I, I very rarely cancel things actually these days. Um, but when I do notice I start to get into a, I don't feel like doing that. I just simply stop putting it on my calendar because that saves what you were saying earlier. Like it saves you that back and forth, back and forth. Should I go? Should I not? Should I go? Should I not? And then last minute you just don't go where you could have saved all that time <laughs> by just not and all that it. energy. Yeah. And, and the guilt yeah. because we, we, we set plans for ourselves, or we set, you know, on a bigger scale, we set ideas of ourselves or of who we're supposed to be. We put ourselves inside of a box just like we have a box on our calendar, on our Google calendar, right? It's the same exact thing. And so when we say I'm this kind of person and then you're starting to grow in a way that threats, threatens that idea of yourself, you start to feel guilt because you're changing and you're growing and what it really is is just evolution, but you're not adapting to your evolution. You're not allowing yourself to grow into a new person, a person that actually, you know, might also like women as well as men or a person that, is no longer vegan. You actually really want eggs or a person that desires the beach over the mountains. Like there's so many ways that we evolve as human beings and this terrifies us and, and makes us scared. And we're like, no, I, I have to only like this kind of person. Oh, I can only eat these kind of foods. And it, it's very similar with, with our calendar. <laughs> I know they're kind of <laughs> different, but it's the same too. It's like, no, I have to do all these things. No, you don't. You made that up in your own head. And it's important to honor when your heart is having this resistance and, and give yourself some space to breathe. Like you were saying, commit to what you've committed to show up, be present in life, arrive. Um, and then, and then after that's happened, like have that self-awareness to know, okay, I did it. I committed, I showed up. And now how do I want to plan for this rest of this week? Do I want to give myself the space that I've been yearning for, or do I really want to consistently fill up my calendar? Mm, I love what you've just said in so many levels. There's so many gems in that. And I feel like that piece around distracting ourselves from how we really feel or what we really want is so key. That's why the busyness and the whirring of the wheels of life and the filling up of the calendar is so alluring mm -hmm. on the surface because it takes us away from that deeper inquiry as to as to who we really are and that deeper inquiry 
can at times be unsettling. So if that deeper inquiry requires you to cast off an element of your identity, um, that's going to require change and change requires us to step into the unknown Mm -hmm. and there's probably nothing more um, terrifying well, I'm sure there's, you know, there's plenty of terrifying things in life, you know, but I feel like, you know, the human psyche really seems to grapple with um, uncertainty and the unknown. It's a real deterrent for um, positive, productive change. Mm-hmm. What is a instance in your life recently where you have felt an evolution of something, something that was unexpected, some desire or some change or something where you've been feeling called to go in a different direction and maybe you had a moment or two. I'm sure you have really grown to listen to your body and what your desires are, but maybe a moment or two of hesitation. And and what did you do in that instance? Yeah, uh, well, I feel like the uh, publication of the Lunar Abundance book was a very interesting moment for me. And uh, the book actually came out in Australia last year. So the book came out in Australia before it came out in the US and internationally. So in a way, it was a, a, a very interesting time for me because I had uh, a, a culmination of a body of work, if you will, you know, sort of 10 years of work had culminated in, in a book which I'd put out into the world. Well, I'd put out into a little corner of the world in Australia, but the rest of the world um, hadn't read it yet. And I um, had in many ways, I think, been uh, subconsciously, you know, working towards that goal of being a a published author, you know, consciously as well, obviously, you know, I always wanted to write a book as well. That was another dream when I was a little girl, uh, was to, was to write a book and to be an author. Um, and then when, when the book came out and was published, you know, that was the, the, the goal, um, ticked off the list, if you will. And, and I think that can sometimes bring with it, uh, a kind of disorientation, you know, when there's a lifelong dream that you've had, and or a lifelong goal and you've achieved it or you've reached it you know you're at the summit of where you had planned for yourself that you wanted to go um you know I certainly experienced that as as being a little um disorienting because I thought to myself well what's what do I do? What do I do now? I hadn't really thought beyond. Uh, I hadn't really thought beyond that. Um, you know, do I keep working with the lunar abundance system? You know, do I go down the road of building it out to be a huge online internet business with funnels and you know all of the ads and anyone who works in in the online world is is familiar with that. Um, with that uh, kind of uh, process and it's very, very complex and happening behind the scenes. I thought, gosh, I won't be able to have that personal touch uh, with people anymore. And that's really what I loved about this work. That's what really got me into doing the work is the organic working with people one-on-one in small live workshops. Um, the more it went onto the internet um, for me, you know, the, and, and the more it looked like you know, that could be a road to, to continuing to grow this this system, the less I, I felt um, that sense of, like, you know, personal joy as I tuned into it. So then that then begged the question, well, what then, what then do I, what then do I do in terms of my, uh, in terms of my business? Uh, what, what will that then look like? Um, how will I, you know, change things up in terms of my service delivery and my offerings in a way that feels really true and aligned with me 
right now? Um, are there more things that I can talk about? You know, the lunar abundance practice has been such a huge part of my life and continues to be a big part of my life. It's still a personal practice. I still do it every single day. Um, but there are other practices that I've started to work with in my life. There's more research and science around emotions and around neurobiology to do with emotional intelligence that has come out in the 10 years since I started to, you know, intuit uh, many of the, these things through the lunar abundance practice. And so, you know, what, what then does it look like for me to start to update some of the lexicon that I've been working with to stay uh, really at the cutting edge of the research that's coming out around our emotional worlds. Uh, what will then that look like in terms of my next book and the language that I use as I move into, into that? So these are the kind of changes that have been really rippling through my life over the last year or so. And in terms of, you know, how do I uh, deal with those changes, I feel like the, the, the practice is absolutely key for me. And by that, I mean the lunar abundance practice is absolutely key for me because even in a time of uncertainty and seeming chaos and unexpected change, because um, I suppose there was a part of me that thought, well, I'll just keep doing lunar abundance till the end of my days, um, you know, and... Uh, but then, you know, feeling that more is opening up now for me, um, that is very unexpected, is very disorienting, or certainly was at the time when it started to happen. I guess I, you know, having that ongoing anchor, you know, that ongoing practice, the moon is always there in the sky. I work with the moon as a mirror. The moon is always a trigger to come within. The moon always invites reflection in the same way that the moon reflects the sun's light down to earth. You know, the moon is always reflecting us back to ourselves um, that's the way that I work with the moon it's how I started to work with the moon it's the way I still work with the moon journaling is a key part of it you know so just allowing myself to, to surrender and to rest into the mystery and the unknown and the uncertainty and also trusting that at the right time the right pathway forward would be revealed to me has been a very big part of this process and so it doesn't um it doesn't look like just uh, sort of sometimes, you know, just asking the answer and sort of getting it back on speed dial. Um, it is a process of deep listening, which is uh, something that the, that the lunar practice helps you to cultivate within yourself. And the Australian Aboriginal people, specifically Miriam Rose in the Northern Territory, talk about this concept of dadiri, which is like a deep listening within yourself and in all of the busyness in all of the um you know the filling up of the calendars and all of the demands of of modern life in terms of our time and also our attention with technology you know we seem to get less and less connected with that deep deep listening of our soul uh, and of our hearts but the more that you're able just to to create that space and keep returning to it rather than getting into panic and overwhelm but keep coming back to to yourself and just trusting uh, that the answers will be revealed to you from within. Then, uh, then what I found is that 
a pretty unexpected um, track has opened up ahead of me. Uh, and again, not one that my mind could have scripted or planned. Mm. But then again, my mind did not script or plan lunar abundance. It came from somewhere. It came from somewhere, you know, much more deep and um, and mysterious than my mind and has been much more magical as a result. So I just trust that the next way forward is going to be the same. Oh, gosh. So many gems in there. So I, I'm, I'm, I'm rehashing this out in my, my, um, my notes over here, but not scripting this from the mind. I think what you said there is so valuable because many of us are trying to predetermine our next place. And that's what gets us into a heap of trouble, creating programs that aren't really aligned with us, spending too much time on social media, even when we actually hate it, doing this thing or dating that person, like scripting in the mind, pre-planning, checking off boxes. And what you're saying is really tapping in and having this deep listening. And listen, like listening requires waiting. It requires mm -hmm. like holding off and being, being with yourself before the doing. And um, another thing that I, I, I love about you and the work that you do is, you know, you're not doing all of these funnels and you're not doing a whole bunch of all this online marketing promotion to the nth degree, for, as far as I can see, maybe maybe you are, and I'm just not being marketed to it somehow. <laughs> but it seems- I don't know how to do it. <laughs> yeah, you don't, and, and I, I have people like that. It's very interesting. I used to have people who did all the funnels and all of the email campaigns and all this. Like When I first started my business, my first mentor was all about the email campaigns. And so I thought that's what was the number one main thing. And while email list is of course important, uh, five years later, now I'm like, oh, actually maybe that doesn't really have to be my favorite method of communicating with people. Like maybe I don't need to email people that often. Maybe my podcast is where my heart really is and that's enough. And it has taken me five years to really understand. I get to de determine what works for me. And if a podcast once a week works and Instagram and that's it, cool, I'm, I'm doing okay. And, and I don't need to, to, to fix what's not broken. <laughs> if it's working for me, it's working for me. And you're doing the, the exact same thing. And if more women and more creators out there could listen to where their joy is in, these, in the businesses they're building or whatever projects that are, they're creating, rather than learning from the scripts of what everyone else says is working and taking all these webinars and investing hundreds or thousands of dollars into programs and courses to learn to do that thing they actually hate to do. If they could just listen more of what's inspiring them and what's bringing them joy, that's where the fulfillment in a business comes from. It's not from the money. It's not from all the clients. It's really from the joy, from the process. Like I'm having so much fun with you right now. And that's because I'm doing what I enjoy doing and I'm not doing something else. And it sounds very simple, but we have to be very careful whenever we're in this space not to get too heady and too obsessive about doing what everyone else is doing. And, and, and I encourage everyone to have role models who are not doing all the things and who are still, who are instead being very focused in their flow, like you, you're very focused in your flow. And I consider myself to be very focused in my flow and doing what I enjoy and what works for me. And, um, I love what you're just talking about, about this evolution and, and, um, allowing your, your body basically to tell you what's next rather than your head predetermining 
what you have to do or or what you have to stick with because if you're if you're evolving and you're growing into a new area that means more exploration that means a new version of you is going to be created and she's going to have a wealth of knowledge and a wealth of wisdom that's going to pour out because she's listening to herself yes (laughs) (laughs) oh my gosh yes and I mean the 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 practical uh, component of that is that it may be if you are financially supporting yourself that it may be that you may get income from other sources like for instance you know working a part-time job or doing consultancy work or doing contracting or doing freelancing if you're building a business because I feel like the slower burn um, can does not always need to um, you know draw income from other places but I sometimes feel in entrepreneurial circles there can be a kind of snobbiness around you know doing contract work or doing consulting work or having some kind of paid employment uh, which can support a more I think you know authentic and deep unfolding um, but in my personal opinion that type of uh, that type of financial support if you don't have financial you know income streams from other places in your life is you know nothing to be ashamed of or nothing to turn your nose up at you know it can actually uh, really uh, hold you and guide you um, as you are going on a journey of, of deep integrity mm. yeah oh so beautiful wow i love this and i love your book by the way it's such a beautiful book and the photos are gorgeous you cover so many different avenues and experiences of the moon you did a beautiful job and i wanted to make sure i said that before we hopped off this call because i love it (laughs) oh thank you i just loved making it one of my intentions with the book was that i wanted it to be a joyful easeful process I wanted it to be an abundant of process I wanted there to be an abundance of um you know of, of ideas and fun I also wanted the book to be financially abundant which mm. it has been um so you know talking again practically about money you know that's there um but you know I really um you know I I really wanted the book to be uh, an embodiment of the practice and so the body the practice is very sensual you know it's it's very much about you know feeling really cozy and you know feeling really good and juicy and so the the publishers that I worked with really helped me to um bring it alive with the graphics and the photos and um and even the size of it and apparently it even smells differently to other books I have been told by librarians oh it so. does I'm smelling it <laughs> it does smell differently and and I love like it's some there's something about these types of books that are like this thick like it's a thick book and it's a big book it's taller um the the photos are beautiful you have so many different kinds of photos from like the sky and tropical areas and yourself and then fire and like you just doing it's just so gorgeous and I love holding it and yeah, the pages are good and it's just so colorful. So yeah, I'm like totally praising this book, but it's definitely a book that you I feel like you can pick up at any point and just flip open and whatever you're landing on, something in there can speak to you. Oh, 
yeah. Oh, that's, that's really cool. Because you have so many quotes in here and like you make sure that you highlight certain things and you put them like really big on certain pages so they really stand out like the, the strongest nuggets of wisdom. And um, it's just not a boring book to read. That's basically what I'm saying. It's not a boring <laughs> book at all. So bravo. <laughs> Oh, fabulous. Thank you. It's just, it is literally, it is just a joy. I have to say mm. this book has just brought so much joy God. into my life. And so I'm, I'm just happy to share it. Yeah. Okay. So we've got the divine deep dive round, but before we head there, can you let everyone know where they can connect with you online? Oh yes. Um, so I am at lunarabundance.com. Luna, you spell L-U-N-A-R, abundance.com is the website. So you can get the book there. You can get a lot of free downloads there. So for instance, a free Lunar Planner, which has the dates of all of those moon phases and other journaling resources and meditations, that kind of thing. And I am on Instagram as Ezzy Spencer, and that's my favorite uh, social media platform. So please do come over and say hello in the comments. I really love to hear from people when they start to work with the Lunar Abundance practice, you know, set intentions and that kind of thing. So um, please do come over and say hi. And the book is available wherever books are sold. So you can get it from my website or you can get it from your local um, booksellers. It's in independence as well as the big chains in the US and you know, online, obviously, as well. Beautiful. I love it. Thank you. And I will make sure I have all those links on the show notes for this episode, of course. Okay. Deep dive round. You ready? Uh-oh. <laughs> Uh-oh. <laughs> I'll try to make them, um, I'll pick some good quick fire ones. I have like a whole list and I just randomly pick which ones I want to use. Okay. What is one word you absolutely love to use? Joy. I feel like words are so important um, and carry with them that, that real vibration and, and joy just makes me feel happy. Mm. What is the first thing you notice about someone when you meet them for the first time? Oh, um, I would notice their eyes. I feel like the eyes have got such a depth of the, the soul and you can see how present someone is, how real they are, how, you know, awake and alive they are when you look into their eyes. What's your favorite quote right now? Huh. Um, I feel like the um I, I just want to make sure i get it completely right because it's the clarissa pinkola estes quote which is um i do have it in my book um and it is oh no maybe i don't have it in my book uh essentially <laughs> oh gosh i'm gonna i'm i'm, I'm it's okay you can you can worry about it. kind of paraphrasing the it's okay the, the quote um but essentially it's around you know it's okay if you are alone for a little while whilst you are really searching for your soul place mm. so don't you do it's 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 better to um to have to open up that sense of um of emptiness in your life and just be in the discomfort of that emptiness rather than seek to to fill it up with um you know people and things yeah. and type of thing it's okay to be alone for a while i love that what is one thing you cannot live without oh our tea i really love tea i uh this is probably more of an australian english thing i think but i love a good earl grey tea you know like the proper tea leaves mm. um mm -hmm. 
with the citrus and the bergamot and Earl Grey. It just, oh, so nice, the sweet and the tang. What is one must-read book besides Lunar Abundance, of course? <laughs> um, hmm. I feel like in terms of um, the in terms of meditation, which has been a very big part of my life as well, and meditation is part of the, the lunar practice, but my meditation teacher is a man called Kevin Farrow, and he has written a book called Meditation as Medicine, which I assume you can get online. Um, and he just seems to be able to, to break down and explain meditation in a way that makes it an enormous amount of sense to me and it's not necessarily about being you know sort of a, a you know incredibly kind of you know spiritual mystical upper chakra experience if you will but it's about experiencing meditation as a as an embodied somatic felt lived um experience and so he's certainly influenced me in terms of connecting with the feelings and the physical sensations and the bodies through a meditation practice oh, i love it well, Dr. Ezzy Spencer, thank you so much for coming on the Mind Body Musings podcast again, sharing your beautiful wisdom with my tribe. And I have a feeling that there might be a third episode at some point with you. Oh, I hope so. I'll get going on the next book. Yes. <laughs> so talk about that one. <laughs> yes. Everyone, this is episode 213. So if you want to check out the show notes for this, just go to maddiemoon.com slash Ezzy dash Spencer dash two because this is her second time on the show and you could head on over to Instagram and comment on the photo I have of her on my Instagram feed and let us know what you loved about this episode what was your biggest takeaway we would love to know we will see you guys next Wednesday Hey, good morning. You're heading to the airport, right? Yeah, thanks for checking. I like the car. How long have you been a rideshare driver? About three years now. I really enjoy it. Isn't it hard to make money these days with the price of gas being so high? Not for me. I use Upside, the free app that gives you cash back for every gallon of gas you buy. Wait a minute. Are you saying you actually get real money back when you get gas with the Upside app? Yep, I get real cash back every time I get gas. Does that actually add up to anything? I'll make around $200 to $300. Wow, that's serious extra cash. I'm downloading the Upside app now. Download the free Upside app now to earn real cash back every time you buy gas. Use promo code CAR for an extra 25 cents a gallon bonus on your first tank. You can cash out anytime right to your bank account, PayPal, or a gift card for Amazon and other brands. Just download the free Upside app and use promo code CAR for a 25 cents a gallon bonus on your first tank. That's code CAR.